The Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt. Just a very interesting young man. He's the one who believes in ghosts. He talks to ghosts. The Sportzilla Show. I know every single person asks me a question. Can't play as well as I can and never will. So no matter what you say or what you write, you'll never light a candle to me. Extra attacker on for the Golden Knights. This looks like the hockey that Minnesota was playing this morning. I want, like, the next generation of kids to come to Syracuse to understand, like, how great it was and how great it is to be there. And I just feel so honored to wear this jersey. This is the Sportzilla Show on Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. I'm actually about to log in as I'm speaking to you to Twitch, Twitch.tv. Sports Talk. Let's get in there and see what happened with everybody over the weekend. What did you do? What did you watch? Was it all sports? Did you get outside a little bit, glue guy? Uh, I went outside for quite a bit, especially yesterday. Yeah, I did too. Got some sunshine. You got to take advantage of it. It's only a couple of days. Well, I would, I'd like to say months, but really just feels like a couple of days. It flies by. It's the middle of June already. It is. It is. Um, yesterday, obviously, great day during the day. So everyone got tired early because of the sun. I went to bed early last night, woke up around 1.30 in the morning, and found out that Syracuse was underneath a tornado watch. Yeah, it was some interesting weather, that's for sure. Uh, Nets-Bucks, uh, that's a series now. The Suns swept the Nuggets. We'll talk about that. Sixers-Hawks tonight. You think the Hawks have met their match. I do. And then we got Jazz-Clippers. I, I, I think it's all going to be the Jazz that comes out of that. Rudy Gobert and the now elite Spider Mitchell. I think he's answered that question think that's where that stands but nba is one of many things we'll talk about today well who was questioning it uh i don't know who was some people are a lot of people are a lot of people are um was that a better than average open yes it, that's yes, a was. quote apparently from jordan Capozzi. what's that jeremiah uh, things they talk about anytime they talk about gambling it has to be a better than average oh I, okay bet i believe cbw was calling them out on twitter i'm referencing somebody in our twitch chat at q sports talk that's very interesting we got to get to the bottom of that. We've got to formulate that into the first Twitch poll of the day. I think that's got to be our plan. Matt Page is the glue guy. My name is Rain. It's a Monday edition of the Sportzilla Show. Uh, New York State Fair is going to be 100, 100% capacity. Are you excited about that? Yeah, very impressive. I didn't expect that to happen, did you? No. See, it was initially, it was going to be 50% and there was going to be restrictions. Correct. But Cuomo said you, know, you re- keep reevaluating information and things change, and that really is life. That's sports. Uh, you might have one opinion of uh, said sports series. Let's say we're talking about the NBA playoffs, for example, or pick a game or pick an athlete, and then something happens, and you're allowed to change your mind, right? Correct. You have to own what you said, though. That's fair. When That's you're, fair. Because I was totally, totally wrong about the Bucks. Spencer Davidson will be in with us in studio Tuesday and Thursday. He was totally right about the Bucks, And now, look at that, 2-2, we have a series. Yeah, going back to Milwaukee probably helped. Now with the Nets and these injuries with Harden and now Kyrie, it could be the end of the Nets. You don't think so? No, I feel like Kevin Durant's going to pick up the rest of the team and be okay. I feel like Blake Griffin's going to show out. Same thing with Joe Harris. So I still think they have enough pieces to beat the Bucks. Well, we've reached out to Tim Roy. He's the voice of the Golden State Warriors who got his start in college, at Utica College in central New York, called many games in the Syracuse area. Uh, Tim Roy is going to join us at 3.30 as we open up the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line guest list for you for today. Uh, that's our number two at 3.30. Chris Stacy talks New York Yankees. No Yankees on deck tonight because they have an off day. 
So we'll break down an embarrassing weekend, especially the shutout yesterday against the Phillies. Boy, Aaron Boone replaced Joe Girardi. And Joe Girardi, I think, is exactly the type of manager who embraces the binder and the analytics, but has a little bit of an old school mentality, is not afraid to get up and uh, to get up in somebody's face. Uh, you know, at least pull you into the manager's office and have a conversation because I think that's what the Yankees need, a kick in the butt. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks now, but they need someone to go in and flip a table and smash a water cooler. So we'll talk to him. Sound check will be at 3.15 in hour number two. Let's get set up for this first hour is where Roland doesn't matter. Is a couple of minutes away, then the kerfuffle. We're actually going to have Mario Sacco join us today. He'll also be back on Wednesday on Sportscaster Wednesday. But the Sportsville Open golf match now has some potentially rough weather. So we have to figure out what's going on with that. Uh, then we've got some Syracuse sports-related questions, specifically the football team and the basketball team. And something happened for Pete Moore, director of communications, that anybody in sports media, um, you've, you've dealt with him for years. We want to ask him about that. Uh, we've got the crossover. I'm calling it that because I'm a genius with Octacon. Yep, I've named that segment now, too. I eventually will come around for a name of a segment and a nickname everything that we do on the Sports Illa Show, much to the chagrin of the glue guy. Please look to the camera when you roll your eyes at me. He does, he can't stand it. That's I think it's brilliant. The no, it's stupid. Octagon, Octacon, come on. No? It's dumb. It is? Very dumb. They're all dumb, aren't they? Yes, most of them are. I accept Except it. Except for it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as a good segment. The only one you like is the one that includes your name. Correct. Okay. Because I came up with There's it. There's some... Come on, man. Really? That's the only one? Well, yeah, I'm one for one. All of my dumb... You're like two for like a hundred. Yeah, I'm not doing too well on that. I, I think it is pretty stupid, but I think that's why I like it, and I'm going to have to see what... Alex, so why is it the crossover? Uh, because he's on our brother station, so we're doing a crossover from TK99, where he works full-time, mm. home of SU okay. Athletics in, in right. the Syracuse Oswego market, and right. New York Yankees baseball. So that's the crossover. It's not an EPMD reference for those that know that hip-hop reference. No, it's a crossover. That's because I don't think there's anything crossover related with the UFC or the Octagon. He's crossing over from TK to us here, with us here on ESPN Radio, and I think Octagon sounds enough like Octagon that I'm going with that stupidity. That's all I have to say. Uh, so we'll get to that as well, and I think I've laid out everything that we need, so we're good if you want to give me your questions for your favorite segment here on the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio. You feel free. It's called Doesn't Matter. Does it matter? It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Does it matter? Does it matter that you have to name everything? I'm not listening to you right now. Until you ask me a legitimate question, I'm just going to retweet a couple things on Twitter so everybody knows the Sportszilla Show is going on. Let me know when you're ready for a real question instead of <laughs> insulting me with that bogus question. Okay. Does it matter that the sun swept... The Nuggets, and doesn't matter that Jokic got ejected during that pivotal game yesterday. Uh, ultimately, no, because they ended up getting swept. I'll get some audio a little bit later about that situation. But how bogus was the call? It was, a, it, listen, it was a hard foul, but in the playoffs, whether you like it or not, you, you got to let some things go, and, and I wouldn't have ejected him. I mean, he did not get MVP treatment right there. If no, Le- he did not. If that if that was LeBron, no one would have called anything. Nobody would have called oh, flag or foul. Yeah, but he would not have been ejected out of, out of the game. I I don't know. I don't think it eventually affected the outcome of the game. The Suns are just by far superior. The lack of Jamal Murray 
really hurt the team. Michael Malone in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Mike Malone after the game said this Michael. What did I say? Uh, no, you were right. You said Mike, Mike, but Michael, he wants to go by Michael. He prefers Michael. Yes, he corrected that during an interview. Yeah, okay. No, it's Matthew Gutierrez prefers Matthew, not Matt Gutierrez. Uh, so we'll go with that. Michael Malone did say that that sweep will not define their season. I think when you lose Jamal Murray, you thought it was going to be even worse for Denver to get as far as they did, I think, was an accomplishment under the circumstances. Agreed. And it's promising for the future as well. When you get him back, Porter Jr. looks like a player, and then you've got Jokic who stepped up his game and became the MVP as a result. Kind of a big deal. You've learned a lot. Sometimes you have to learn how to lose to learn how to win. You have to go through that. All great players have gone through that. They all have, other than like Magic Johnson, pretty much, who just came in and won in his rookie year and never stopped. But that's so rare. It is very rare. You have to learn how to lose sometimes to learn how to win. Um, ultimately, yeah, I think it matters in the grand scheme of things, but it's a big picture thing. It's a residual thing for further down the road. The future of the Denver Nuggets looks bright. Next question. Does it matter that Le'Veon Bell will not shut up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, why did he have to make those comments about Andy Reid saying, basically, I'd rather retire than play for him again? Uh, pretty. Didn't it seem like at the end of the year, that's pretty much how it was for Andy Reid? He wasn't even an option. Correct. Um, Nobody cares. Go ahead and retire. So you burned your bridge with the Jets. Yeah. And then you went to go join Andy Reid and the Chiefs, who are already a powerhouse. And now you're like, eh, I'd rather go elsewhere. You weren't good enough to play in in, in featured times during games. You weren't good enough to get on the field. You didn't perform well enough that they had faith in you. That's on you. He's blaming Andy Reid for his shortcomings now. And Tyron Matthew jumped into the fold as well and goes, look, man, we were fine before you ever came here, and we're going to be fine after you leave. Yeah. So this is more of a you problem than an us problem. It's a 100% you problem, Le'Veon Bell. You're not going to take any team in the NFL and make them a Super Bowl champion. He was not the missing piece in Kansas City. Nope. At all. Nobody cares, Le'Veon Bell. And guess what else? Andy Reid is pretty much universally beloved. You're also not going to win that argument in the court of public opinion. Uh, Freddie Coleman was saying the same thing. He goes, Andy Reid's been coaching for many years. So there's more guys who love Andy Reid than hate Andy Reid. Boy, you self-absorbed narcissist, Le'Veon Bell. You should have shut your mouth, man. You should have not made those comments. You made yourself look stupid. Next question, Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio. This is Does It Matter? Does it matter that EA Sports Madden NFL 22 cover will be unveiled Thursday at 10 a.m. Uh, so, and it's goats on the cover, according to what I've seen so far. Yeah, there's two goats uh, featured in the trailer. Uh, Peyton Hillis, former Brown and Giant, for that matter, says in the uh, trailer, they did it again. So you seem to think that it's Brady and Gronk because of that. Yes. But what were some of your other speculations? Uh, I've seen other people speculate that it could be Drew Brees and Tom Brady being two kind of goats. Do you want it to be Brady and uh, Gronk? Or are yes, you, I do. Are you, I do. Even though it's they're Tampa now. Yes, yes. But why? Because uh, just what they've done for the Patriots franchise is spectacular. And come on, it's Brady and Gronk. Who doesn't love those guys? Um, I'm going to ask you something I asked you last week. Are you drunk again? Uh, you drink. <laughs> you were drinking last week. <laughs> I mean, water, but but I think it might have been, might have been, I the fifth. Might have been spiked a little bit. Really? Yes. You've been you've been upset. I know. You've been I know. 
You've been sad all year about it. You're over it now? Yes. Are you? Have you decided to, it's a catharsis in your life and you're moving past it? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with It Matters, obviously, because it's a huge game. Who would you like to see on the cover if it's two goats? It's not Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? Uh, probably not. Uh, um, it's probably going to be... If I would love to see Jerry Rice on the cover. I just don't know if they want to go that route. It, well, you, you start with Gronk. That made me go, wait a minute. I took a step back, and I'm like, go, go, go. But then I'm like, yeah, no, he's really one of the best tight ends to play in the Ever. National Football League. And if you want to base it on rings, he's got a lot of them, part of a dynasty. Uh, I could see Breeze as well. I think I would rather see Brady Breeze. Really? I think I would. Okay. No, you know what? I want Gronk. Maybe it's Gronk in a Patriots and Gronk in a Buccaneers. Maybe it's they're both Gronk. That'd be great. Could you imagine? Sign me up. So you think that's who it might be? It might be Brady Gronk. That's according to the investigative um, stylings of Matt Page, the glue guy. What's your next question? Does it matter that the Oakland A's Matt Olson is second in the American League with, wait for it, .984 OPS? Which is very, beyond elite. very, very good. Well, here's the funny thing. And he also has more extra base hits than singles, so by the way. That slugging percentage is solid, too. Here's the thing with Matt Olson. Um, he's eventually going to be traded. Correct. Um, they will never re-sign him in free agency. Unless uh, they became the Vegas A's. So, yeah, yeah, that's also fair. So either he's going to become a Dodger or a Red Sox or a major market team with a lot of money. Whoa, you didn't put the Yankees out on that list. I was about to say um, major market player or with the Yankees or somebody like that. Uh, yeah, he's really good, and and here's the thing: if you're a, a casual baseball fan, everybody's like, "Who? Matt Olson? You're, kind of a big deal. You're going to learn the name. I'm telling you right now." Um, next question on does it matter? And I know this is about the Yankees. You're going to rub it in. No, I'm not going to rub it in. I want to say my condolences before I ask this question. Okay, but because the Phillies swept the Yankees, they are now over 500 for the first time since May 19th. Yeah, it, maybe it's time that the Phillies get everything locked in and and get hot and and. I would rather have Joe Girardi as a manager of the Yankees than Aaron Bowen. I will make. I that. think ninety percent of the fan base agrees with that statement. I will make that statement right now. It almost feels like he is a puppet at this point, and obviously there is financial constraints that Cashman has. They can't do much. The trade deadline is on the way. I don't know. You you have to do too many things in order to fix this team. I don't think they're championship. World Series contenders at the present moment is presently constructed. They're barely playoff contenders at this point. How do you not gut your farm system, and how do you not go over the luxury tax threshold that Hale Steinbrenner has said we're not going past, which is $210 million? Oh, and, pretty easy. You just don't do anything. And fix this team. Right, exactly. And I think that that's ultimately what's going to happen. you have another question for me real quick? Uh, Djokovic beat Nadal over the weekend, and Federer is still playing. Talk about goats. There's three of them right there in yeah, tennis. Yeah, it, it's lacrosse and tennis, I think, are niche sports. But Greeny was talking about it earlier today right here on ESPN Radio, and I think he's absolutely right. It's kind of like you take Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant, if you want more contemporary or current names, and those three in their prime still playing ridiculously good tennis. That's what you're seeing with Djokovic, who beat Nadal, who owns the French Open, if you know anything about tennis, and then he goes on and he wins it. Uh, they all have 20 or more Grand Slam titles. Ridiculous. That is ultimately ridiculous. This might just be the golden age of tennis when you have three of the very best to ever play it playing like right now simultaneously. Granted, Federer is probably closer to the end than the other two, but he's still playing professional tennis at a very advanced age when most 
just are not anymore. Mario Sacco's next for the kerfuffle on ESPN Radio on the Sportsilla Show. we got to talk about inclement weather and a potential golf match. Who's got Twitter beef? Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you mind your own business? Bulletin board material. <laughs> you can't say that, <laughs> but it got said. We've got another Donnie Brook. That is not appropriate behavior, okay? An athletic brouhaha. You're a meanie. <laughs> Let's go toe-to-toe. It's the Sportzilla kerfuffle. Ah, uh, a classic conundrum. On twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. Radio. All right, going to ask a couple of legit questions about Syracuse football and Syracuse basketball, and I want to ask you a question about Pete Moore, but that's on the back burner because the first thing, the lead that we have to address with Mario Sacco, News Channel 9, who will be back in on Wednesday on Sportscaster Day, but I'll take you directly to Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. CBW asks, literally as we called up Mario, is the golf match still on? Uh, we have inclement weather out there. And then we have a report. There's something sketchy going on with Mark Larson of Spectrum. Nico's in as far as I know. And I don't know if there's a foursome. We don't know the course that this is going to be played at. And even if the weather ends up craptastic tomorrow, we still have to reschedule this. So it'll be the first golf match that we are calling the Sportzilla Open. Do you like that name, Mario? I, I love it. Uh, I got a message this morning at about 10. Uh, first off, the date and, and time has been set for 10 tomorrow at Green Lakes. Uh, Brent Axe will be joining us as well. So the Axe man uh, planned on getting into the act. But I got a message from Mark saying, you know, I'm out because of the weather. Well, you know, we all work at a television station. You think that one of the 18 weather people that we have at the station will be able to tell us if it's going to rain between 10 and 2 tomorrow. So uh, that's why it is up in the air. If it is raining like this, no one is going to be playing. Uh, if it is sprinkling, I will still play. Play. It might just be me and Brent. Uh, the other wrench into it is John Wildhack has a press conference at 2 o'clock tomorrow. So uh, we need to be done by that as well. So are we just going to go in on 9 for this? No, no. It's going to be 18, and it's just a matter of, what it's going to be like tomorrow. I mean, I'm seeing 70%. Uh, so apparently you guys are afraid of Alex Sims because CBW wants to know why she can't just sub in for Mark Larson if he's going to sketch out. Do you think the weather is really the issue? He's getting ahead of this pretty far. And, uh, I told him he was like the tin man, you know, afraid of the rain. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, as far as Alex not playing, some of it. Someone has to work at News Channel 9 for us, so uh, she she drew the odd man out in straws. Ah, uh, okay. I was going to say either that or maybe Mark Larson's a gremlin. You can't get him wet or you can't get him wet or you can't feed him after midnight. What's the deal here? Can't feed him after midnight. I was trying to think of another thing. I, the tin man was what I came up with. You know, it all works. Feel free to – you can steal that, by the way, if you want to call him a gremlin and tease him a little bit. I'll throw that at him on Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, no, we, we, we want to play. It's just a matter of – I mean, 10 o'clock, I've seen 60%, 70%, so I don't know. I mean, it's the summer. The, the, the pop-up scattered showers are going to happen. So, uh, CBW also wants to know what's more interesting to you, the golf match or the Wild Hack Presser. I won't make you answer that question. Uh, Glue guy, go ahead for Mario Sacco. <laughs> how did Brent I, Axe, I can answer that pretty easily. <laughs> how did Brent Axe get involved with this? Uh, Brent, so we, we scheduled the three of us, and Brent looked at me at the, the press conference for – 
Gary Gate and said, what, am I chopped liver? And I said, well, I just didn't want you beating me, basically, was the reason I didn't invite him. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) that that was the reason. I knew I had a chance with the other two. Brent, uh, maybe not so much. So Axe is a ringer then, huh? Yeah, he always wins Nico's Alonzo Open. That's actually going to be played on Saturday. All right. Him and Matt Matt Mulcahy team up and, and beat everyone and take all of our money. Well, that's not cool at all, man. He can't play yeah. anymore. We got to do yeah. something about this. We got to handicap him somehow. All right, we'll figure that out. It's Mario Sacco, News Channel Nine Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio. Uh, so that's where everything stands with the Sports Illa Open as of tomorrow. We'll get you updated, obviously, over the next couple of days. Uh, as far as Syracuse football is concerned, offensive lineman Willie Tyler decommitted. Yeah. Um, Transfer portal to replace him. This is ultimately a depth thing. He wasn't necessarily guaranteed to be a starter. Assess the situation for us. I mean, I actually spoke with him uh, when he declared to come here, and he was excited for you know a fresh beginning and and a place where he could probably you know step in and play right away. Um, you know, he sat out all of last year and said when he sat out last year that you know how much he really missed football. And when I heard that. You know, I never reached back out to him to see, you know, maybe why why he decommitted. Um, but maybe he thought coming here that, that he wasn't going to play right away. And, you know, with Syracuse's offensive line woes the last, you know, more than a handful of years now, uh, you would think a guy that stands 335, 6'7", uh, uh, would be able to play here at Syracuse. So it's kind of a head scratcher as to why he decommitted coming here. So we've got some news right in front of us. Dave Petromala uh, verbally agrees to be SU's defensive <laughs> coordinator, talking about men's lacrosse. Uh, that is massive news. That's huge. Gary Gate and him are going to rebuild this program and get it back to where it needs to be, Mario. Yeah, that was only a matter of time. You kind of saw the, the writing on the wall. Um, you know, a couple of people put it out there um, when Gary Gate's name was was rumored to be becoming the head coach here for the men's team. And, and, you know, Coach Gates said, you know, within a matter of days, I hope to have my staff complete. And with uh, Pat Mart staying on and, and Petramala, what you couldn't ask for, you know, two, two better minds on, you know, the offensive side of things and the defensive side of things. And you throw in Gary Gates' genius, uh, you know. Uh, I think Syracuse lacrosse fans can be uh, pleased here moving forward. It's truly going to modernize offensively and defensively this program. I don't think you could have picked two better names out of a hat to run this program. Yeah. And Petromolo might not be the guy that's going to stay here for five, six years. Maybe maybe he is here for two, three years and gets another, you know, head coaching gig at a, at a primetime location. But, you know, just to have him here for the, for those couple of years uh, is going to be awesome. I mean, <laughs> He's he's a defensive genius. There's no other way around it. Uh, you know how how good of a coach he is. Mario Sacco with News Channel Nine is with us on the Sports Illustrated Show. It's ESPN Radio. Glugo. Malik Campbell's son Nicholas McMillan on the Cusers radar. Mario. Uh, I think so. I, I'm not 100% positive uh, about that. You know those guys. You know with ears to the ground like a McAllister or Matthew Gutierrez know a little bit more about that. Um, but I, I would, I mean, I put them on our radar. <laughs> so as far as basketball is concerned, let's flip over there. Something you're a little bit more familiar with all accounts that, that I've read. Justin Taylor's visit to Syracuse shooting yeah. guard, of course, we're targeting 2022, uh, went very well. Uh, anything you can tell us to back that up? 
isn't it eerie how I'm sorry that is my son in the back. We we did just leave Green Lakes, so uh, he is in the back background there. But uh, isn't it eerie funny how, how much he looks like Buddy Beheim from yes. far? Yeah. When when I saw people confused him for that, and then I looked and I was like, wow, that's, that's very similar. Uh, no, the reports that I heard as well um, that, that that he enjoyed his visit here, uh, I, I think would be uh, a perfect fit. Kind of that you know shooting role mentality guy and a, and a tall guy at that that, that could step in and, and maybe not play right away, but, uh, you know, fill a void, so to say, for this SU team. Mario, last thing I want to ask you to comment on, being a member of the media, you'll know this name well, Pete Moore, SU's Director of yeah, Athletic yeah. Communications. He received a couple of national honors. Um, well-deserved. He's a rock star at his job, and that's basically what he received these awards for. Uh, give us an anecdote or a story or a memory about Pete Moore. Uh, Pete, is, Pete is outstanding. Anything we always need um, with the SU basketball team, uh, he's always willing to help out. Actually, at the Gary Gate press conference, I, I've been wearing my mask everywhere still, and I walked in. I took it off as I was sitting down. He looked at me and said, thanks for finally taking that thing off. And I, sometimes you don't know if you're, you're – Pete's kidding or not when when he when he you know says things like that and I'm like are, are you joking and then I looked at the mask and it was my Penguins mask and I I knew Pete wasn't a Penguin fan so <laughs> he got the rag on me rag on me a little bit but uh, you know I messaged him over the last uh, I think a month or two ago when when he received the first award and just congratulating him for I mean years and years of service uh, you know started in the Division three ranks and has worked his way up to being the head man at SU and anything we always need, he's always there for us. Appreciate the time today, Mario, even with your son in the back of the car. We'll talk to you Wednesday, regardless of what happens tomorrow. Obviously, we'll update everybody. Thanks so much, man. Have a great rest of your day, okay? No, no problem. See, it just poured and now it's done for five minutes. So if it does that tomorrow, I'm still going to play. They might, might not, but would I still be declared the winner if I get a full round in? Yes. Yes, you will be. Okay. A- absolutely. Okay. Everybody else, in my mind, um, forfeited. They forfeited okay. this. All right. We got to figure out a way to get Axe to lose to you. That's what I want to happen. <laughs> I want Axe to lose to you. I'm not going to deny that. I want him I'll to lose to you. I'll take over his radio show for a week if I beat him. There you go. There you go. All right. All right. <laughs> We've got to work on something. Up next, uh, we got something called the crossover with Octocon. Alex Khan's going to help us recap UFC 263, and that's next on ESPN Radio and the SportsZilla Show. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. You know, you used to just ask me questions. Now you talk all the time. I can't even get a word in here anymore. <laughs> Here's Rain and Matt. Dave Pietramala has officially, well, verbally committed to being the defensive coordinator for the Syracuse men's lacrosse team joining Gary Gates' staff. We just had that conversation with Mario Sacco from News Channel 9 a few minutes ago. Shout out to Capozzi for sending us that info. As it was breaking, we got that information, wanted to put that out to you, so we talked to Mario about that a little bit, and I'm sure you'll hear a little bit more later on today with Axe, and we'll be discussing that over the next couple of days for sure. That is just huge news, huge news, outstanding. That's what you wanted, right? If you're going to get Gary Gate stepping in and John Desco is going to retire and then you've got to reassess this team from top to bottom. What a great move to make. When are we going to see Uncle Ricky Beast on the staff? I don't know. Or maybe with the women's team because they're in flux as well. Just throwing that out there. But that being said, uh, Mario said it, man. You couldn't ask for two better names 
in charge of this program than those two. Innovative, best at what they do. This is outstanding, so we're happy about it. Uh, right now, though, it's the crossover with Octacon. That's what we're calling you now, Alex Khan. Can you deal with that? The Octacon. I, I like that. I, I heard uh, I heard the glue guy, Matt, kind of busting on you before about the ideas and the sounds of it. I'm with you. I'm, I'm giving rain points for this one. He texted me something about Octomom, and it turned into Octacon, and I'm like, with the <laughs> Octagon, Octacon talking about the Octagon, and you're a big UFC guy. And the crossover is because... It's not an EPMD hip-hop reference for those that might remember that song. It's because you're on our brother station, TK99, the home of SU Athletics and the New York Yankees, and you're Bender over there. But when you come on with us, it's a crossover. So it's it's one station to the next. I thought that was – I'm a genius. I don't care what you say. I'm a genius. Yeah. It, it's kind of like all the crossover fights that are happening right now. You've got NBA stars crossing over into boxing, some UFC guys. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, BHB, I'm going back to my old school K-Rock days with that. I just think there's, <laughs> listen, it's stupid, and it's cheesy, and I understand that, but Shut it up, works. RVD. And, uh, yeah, hopefully everybody can remember that. Alex, Nate Diaz, I want to start there. That's your guy. You've professed your love for him. Uh, one of your favorite fighters all time, but he got whooped. Edwards whooped him. Uh, talk about that fight first, then we want to go through some of your other picks. You've been giving us picks. UFC 263, obviously, this weekend. Yeah, Nate Diaz, it just seemed like, did not show up for that fight. It looked like he was very unmotivated. I was talking to my brother going into this because he was out, uh, I believe, New Jersey, wherever he was, making some picks, and I told him to to bet on Diaz. I thought that was a good bet because it's a five-round fight. The longer those fights go with Diaz, either brother, They've got a good shot to pull one out, and he almost did. If he had another minute or two or another round, I think he would have ended up finishing that fight, but that's no excuse. And the one thing that does bug me um, after the fight, now this is to, I mean, Leon Edwards, he came out there and he did his work. Nate Diaz said after the fight, since this one was pushed back a month because he got cut in uh, training, they had to push it back, that he lost all motivation to put in all that work to lead up to a fight to then have it, you know, he got to wait another four more weeks. He said that he just kind of, was lazy, just sat around for a month just waiting for this fight. And I don't like when uh, fighters use excuses right out of the gate. I mean, it's the post-fight interview, and you're already kind of making stuff up. So that was a bummer. It was a bummer of a fight. It was exciting at the very end. But before that, I don't know what Nate was doing. It was sloppy, and uh, like you said. But he, he wants to get back out there. He said he wants to fight in the next you know couple months and, and redo it. Do you think he should? Absolutely. I, that, I, there was nothing... I don't think there's anything wrong with him physically, age. He's he's still got all the pieces together, and maybe there was some unmotivation there. You know, I don't think Leon Edwards was one of the first guys he wanted to fight, anyways. But um, no, I think he's absolutely still got plenty in the tank. So it was just you, you know what you just chalk it up to a bad day. He just had a bad day. Uh, let's talk about uh, Israel Adesanya and Vittori. That fight, um, of course, still got the belt. Uh, what did you think of that? What are your takeaways? What do we need to know? This is another one of those, Adesanya, he has, like, the most talent of probably anybody on the roster close to it. I mean, he's, he's shown it a couple times, but in his last, we'll say, five, six fights, he just has some of these where the excitement's not there. I'm wondering if he, if he actually carries the superstar um, appeal to the fans that they're trying to show him to be or that he thinks he has. He can talk. He kind of does all the talk leading up to the fights. But he has some some duds in him. I mean, Anderson Silva fight, the UL Romero, uh, this one with Vittori. Sure, he looked like the better fighter. He didn't get hurt. He didn't do much. But it was just kind of to have that as the headliner and everything, and all this hype around Adesanya being the best in the game right now. 
it just it I'm wondering if he's not really showing up and giving us that killer instinct, that killer attitude, go out there and put these fights away. Now, I we talked about that before, knockouts versus good fights. I love to see all the talent on display, which he did, and he kind of has that Mayweather, I'm not going to get hit, I'm not going to get hurt, you know, style of fighting. But it just, when you want to have these guys be your superstars, I'm wondering if the fans are starting to not care as much. We got the crossover here with Octacon going on, talking UFC 263 on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. Celebrate Sports Complex phone line wide open. Next question. Heading into this uh, card, I saw a lot of chatter on Twitter about it was a very anticipated card. Do you feel like it lived up to that kind of a hype? Probably is the best one of the of the year. No, no, and it was it, on paper. It was a very, very good card. I don't know if I would even say it was the best. Uh, so far this year or coming up, but it was very, very good. But like I said, between the Diaz and Edwards fight, Adesanya and Vittori fight, um, it, it, I don't think it lived up to the potential that it could have had. There was a lot of, uh, like you said, hype going into this, excitement with Nate Diaz coming back. Obviously, the uh, the trash talking between Adesanya and Vittori, you had two belts on the line. The very first uh, five-round non-title fight, Diaz and Edwards. So there's a lot of of hype going into this one, but it just, it fell flat to me. It fell pretty flat. So not only was there a main card and the usual prelims, there were also early prelims. Was this a longer card than expected? No, they, I mean, this has been pretty common. They have, uh, oftentimes they'll do the prelims and then the early, early prelims for the, the, the diehard fans. But those are the, I really like those ones because you see a lot from these fighters. I, I kind of, I like how we talk about college basketball, the NBA, the college, this might be their only time to shine. You know, they go out there and they put their pedal down a hundred percent. So those early prelims, you see some fun fights and some fun action. And uh, you know, the good chance to see an up and comer who could potentially be a champion someday. Those are the ones I kind of get more excited for those. There's a lot of action. When the fight, when Adesanya's fight was over and he was doing the, the post fight interview with Joe Rogan, he called out Robert Whitaker. Is that going to happen? What's the deal in the breakdown on that? And I know- is that a good move to call him out? Yeah, was that smart on his part? Well, Whitaker is a beast, and I fully think this is going to be the next fight. If you look at Whitaker, he has one loss dating back to 2014. Who is it? Israel Adesanya via KO. He knocked him out. So, I mean, you know Whitaker wants that shot again. And, I mean, if we're talking, you know, next up, that's the guy, Robert Whitaker. So, I think... It's a great move to call him out. It's going to be a huge fight, and uh, he already has the KOW. Why not? If, if that's the next big dog up, you have to. If you're the if you're the champ, you got to call out the best. So you picked five fights for us in UFC 263. Oh man, why do you got to do this right? to him? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not putting him down. I, I'm just. I'm just highlighting. Uh, you know, a couple of the key talking points when we decided to have Octocon come on here with us on ESPN Radio. Um, and, and listen, he's improved. Okay. It was also probably smart to pick less fights, uh, but you went, you went two and five. So let's go through a couple of the other fights that, that you picked. You'll tell us why this isn't to put you down. This is, uh, you know, you never know who's going to win these things, right? You thought Nate Diaz was going to win. I would have picked him too, but he didn't. Uh, but let's go with the Craig Hill fight. Uh, that ended in KO. Tell us about that. Well, that one actually ended with the uh, submission there. Very, very quick. I did not see a submission finish for this fight either way. And it was kind of one of the uh, a nasty one, too. I don't know if you saw it. We I thought it was another broken arm. 
there's been some nasty ones, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> lately with arm snapping and stuff. This one apparently was just a, a bad dislocation. Still nasty looking. Still sounds horrible. It looked like it, it looked like it was hanging off of him. It was gross. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think you could see, and the ref got a lot of flag for that. I, I kind of disagree. I thought Hill was trying to tap early before he got flipped over, but he was trying to go through it. I don't know if it was a verbal tap. I'm not sure with that, but uh, I did not see that coming. I thought that was going to be somebody was going down with some kind of punch. Uh, what about Maya and Muhammad, that fight? You picked Muhammad. Yeah, that one went pretty much the, the exactly how I thought it would go, picking him apart. That's the way kind of Muhammad fights. He's uh, you know, a good striker. He doesn't have a ton of power. But he'll he'll pick you apart, and uh, Damian Maya, he's got pop. He can take you out, but he's more of your you know jujitsu. He wants to get to the ground, and Muhammad did a great job staying away from that. And Damian Maya, he says he has one fight left. He wants to go out into the sunset, and he actually threw out Nate Diaz's name because they're both you know Brazilian jujitsu black belts representing the same thing. Uh, I don't think Nate wants to fight. I think he has too much respect for him. But that'd be a fun one. We'll see. Uh, last one that you picked was Figueroa and Moreno. Uh, Moreno. Uh, that ended up in a KO. Tell us about that. Yeah, another another uh, stoppage where Marino, you know, rear naked choke, I think, in the third round. That was, uh, you know, going into that, I thought that was going to be the fight of the night, and it still was a great fight. You have two guys. Figueroa, for, for that division, I mean, he punches two weight classes up. You know, he's got so much power, and I thought he really was going to come back from this one. There were people calling Brandon Marino overrated that he was, you know, he over overfought or over um, whatever the word is I'm looking for, overachieved in his last fight. Mm-hmm. This guy was let go from the UFC in the past. He was in it, was let go, won his fight, and hasn't lost since. This guy's got a hunger, and I think he's going to hold this belt for a few fights here. I think, you know, he's this was his time, and he proved me wrong. Fight game, man, It's you make the picks, who knows? And I just want to say, with these five picks I made, I only picked like one underdog, I think. So, you know, that's, the, that's what I mean with the fight game. All right, well, we're not going to – listen, we're not going to judge you based on your one-loss record in picking these fights. <laughs> we just like your expertise on UFC, UFC 263 this past weekend. Is there – we had your five featured fights. Is there any other fight or any other main takeaway that you have for us before we say goodbye for the day? Can I switch it over to a different organization and talk Bellator for two seconds? Sure, of course. I don't know if you saw the fight that night, but it was a championship uh, fight between Douglas Lima and Yaroslav Amazov. And this was – I complained before about judges – and not knowing how to score the fights. This one, I'm so sick of terrible MMA fans. There's still this this image of MMA that, that it's this brutal, drunken, street-fighting sport. you got to knock the other guy out and leave him a bloody mess. It's called mixed martial arts for a reason. And Amasov ragdolled the champ for five rounds. Arguably, there could have been three or four 10-8 scored rounds in his favor. But the fans were booing because he was grappling the entire time. There's one point where he had a great position against Lima on the ground, throwing strikes on top of him. The ref stood him up because the fans were booing. It makes me so mad when I watch these fights and these, these, these so-called MMA fans, they can't handle two minutes of grappling. It just, it makes me so angry. Yeah. You've got to stay true to the sport itself and not play into things like that. Not let the fans dictate the narrative and how a fight goes. I totally agree. Agree or disagree with our guy Octacon. Let us know. Crossover will be back again next Monday. We'll talk more MMA or UFC with him. Akon, thanks, bud. Hey, thanks, guys. We appreciate you, man. Your Killing Me Smalls is up next. Um, I got a couple of nicknames to share with you. I have nothing to do with them.
I did not create them, but I will share them, and they pertain to Division I college football, and you'll see them this fall. It's ESPN Radio. Hang tight. The Sportszilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? Everyone listen up. You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Well, for Pete's sake, here we go again. Speaking of Pete, Pete Moore, congratulations. I uh, got a couple of honors now for being fantastic at his job. Syracuse Director of Athletic Communications. Uh, so that's some good news we talked about today. Uh, let's see. Dave Petromala is going to be verbally has committed to be the Syracuse men's lacrosse defensive coordinator joining Gary Gates staff. Well, we talked about that with Mario Sacco a little bit earlier. Breaking news about 25 minutes ago. So we wanted to put that out there again. Uh, we've said our piece, and I'm sure Axe will say his when you're on the block with him. I'm sure they'll talk about it on Orange Nation tomorrow. That is some big news. That is huge news. That is fantastic news. And I have, I just have a lot of faith in what they're going to do, what Gary's going to do, getting this staff together, getting this team together. Uh, just going to be innovative, groundbreaking, um, and you are really going to be excited for the next SU men's lacrosse season. That makes me master of the obvious. I can't wait. We're doing a little something called You Kill Me Smalls, though, right now. This is our sports festivus or airing of our grievances. It's things that make you go, oh, you're killing me, Smalls. Now, sometimes uh, we get on the, the subject material a little bit, okay? In this instance, oh, no, that's not where this is going. This is fantastic. Alabama, in their recruiting class, roll tide, right? Nick Saban just signed that deal, taking him till he's like 76 years old for Correct. a massive amount of money. Well, he's got another great recruiting class. Then again, wow, uh, shocking. A pretty a pretty good one for LSU, too, but we'll get there in just a second. So, L, as you know, they play the Iron Bowl, and I can just foresee how this is going to break down. But Alabama has a recruit, a defensive back, Quincy McKinstry is his name. But his nickname from his mom, apparently, growing up was Kool-Aid. And that is literally how he is listed in their media guide. So he will be known as Kool-Aid when he's playing. So Kool-Aid McKinstry, you will hear that if you're watching an Alabama game, which I'm sure at the very least you will in the national championship game next year because aren't they always there? I wish that would be on the back of his jersey. Honestly, his nickname is Kool-Aid. And then uh, wide receiver and now viral sensation, his name is DeColdest. Uh, and then they're branding him in quotes with to ever do it Crawford. So it's the coldest Crawford or the coldest to ever do it Crawford. They've added that nickname to it. He is committed to LSU. So you imagine and you take this down the road a little ways and you get to the Iron Bowl, for example, and you're like, oh, the pass to Kool-Aid or Kool-Aid breaks up the pass to the coldest to ever do it. Oh Oof. my God! Could you? I mean, I'm not making this up, man. Uh, you can't I, roll your eyes at me. You can't be like Rain, another one of your stupid nicknames, or what are you doing? I didn't do it. I, I didn't do it. One no, me. I, I understand you didn't do it. One me, but one I me. love this. One me. This is absolutely awesome. It's fantastic. I am just so happy that Nick Saban and the LSU program are cool enough. To go along with this. You got to embrace this stuff, man. It makes it so fun. And here's the funny thing in in this. I come in today. 
I tell glue guy about this. And I'm like, why is it put in the you're killing me small segment? Because is this going to be a get off my lawn kind of rant from you, Rain? <laughs> I really hope not. Because uh, glue guy's 20 years younger than me. So he thinks I'm going to come in. Okay, boomer, this thing. Get off my lawn. This is stupid. What are you doing? And no, man. But you're putting it in the you're killing me small segment. Because it just makes me laugh and be like, you're killing me smalls with a chuckle, a ah. lighthearted you're killing me, Smalls. So this is what we're doing. More of this. I think that that's great. There's got to be some other dudes with in, in some prominent programs or somewhere that have some great nicknames that we need to start to embrace. How sad is this, though? College football is giving these guys more personality than MLB does with all of their players. Dion, prime time, Sanders, things like that. They resonate with people. I love those kind of nicknames. I love people where the nickname is so well known. The almost you don't even know their real name. Correct. And you don't care. There's just a lot of guys like that. It's just it's a fact and it's fun and I want more of it. Uh, Can I just give one more out? You're killing me, Smalls. And making me laugh. This is ESPN Radio. Chris Stacey from NYY Sports Talk. With no Yankees on deck tonight because it's an off day, we do have to talk about a terrible weekend in Philadelphia. Concerns at the trade deadline with this team. What's up with Jamison Tyone? Who's the scapegoat? Who do you blame? And that conversation is next on ESPN Radio. Now, it's the Sportszilla Show. The New England Patriots cheat. <laughs> Told you. <ya. laughs> I love cheating. Whoops. The Sports Zella Show from 2 to 4 with Rain and Matt. If you're ready to talk, I'm ready to listen. On ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. However, however you're consuming the Sports Zilla Show, whether it be Syracuse and Oswego on the radio at 97.7, 100.1, Utica Roll Market at 96.5 FM, maybe the ESPN UR app, maybe the main ESPN app and in the regional tab, and you're streaming that way when you search out Syracuse Market. Perhaps you're streaming off one of the websites at ESPNSyracuse.com or ESPNUR.com. Uh, maybe you'll, you'll listen later in the podcast. Perhaps it's on demand at Q Sports Talk. I don't know, okay? But I can tell you this. I just got a text from Mark Larson, and I am going to have to divulge certain aspects of this text as it pertains to the Sportsville Open Golf Match, which is pending with some inclement weather on the horizon tomorrow of course, I can't wait for the results of this on Wednesday when we have Nico, Mark Larson, and Mario on. And, um, yeah, Brent Axe weaseled his way into this. Brent, come on. Is, uh, is Mark angry at us? I want to hear about this, but this involves, uh, I have a comment on Mario. I have a little something here on Axe. And I didn't say much about uh, Nico, but but I'm going to share this all by the time we're done today on the Sports Illustrated Show. Perhaps the last thing that we say today right before we welcome Axe. Because right now it's time for the New York Yankees therapy session with Chris Stacy from NYY Sports Talk. Let's get him up here on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. Uh, real, real easy start here. Who's to blame for this mess? Is it the two hundred and ten dollar luxury tax threshold that they don't want to pass? Is it Cashman or are his hands tied? Is it Boone and the over reliance on analytics? And I feel in some senses he's a puppet. Um, is it the players just not performing? But this is a mess right now. 8-7 loss, and then a 7 nothing shutout loss to the Phillies over the weekend. Uh, I'm not feeling good right now. Please, by all means, get it out, Chris. Well, I mean, you got to take it for what it is, right? I mean, it doesn't matter now. It used to matter if the offense is performing, right? Now it doesn't matter if the offense is performing or not, because if the offense performs, then we have, a, then we have the pitching to, to, to fail that day and, uh, and, and, you know, give up seven runs or eight runs 
over the course of a ball game. So at this point, you're looking at a team that is not just struggling in one in one you know facet of the game here. Now you're you're looking at a team whose offense seemed to have been picking it back up, and now we we have a different problem where where our starting pitching can't even get through an inning without giving up four runs anymore. One third of so, an inning for Jamison Tyon. We'll get crazy. to that in a second. Um, do you think that? And I think this. So this is why I'm going to say it that Joe Girardi is the, it's ironic, I know, because Boone replaced him, but isn't that the exact type of manager you need right now? You always heard about his binder and the analytics. Uh, You need a portion of that, but you need a portion of the old school where Joe Girardi is not afraid. He'll pull a guy into the office and he'll tear him up one side and down the other. He will call guys out. Uh, He will bench players. He will do what is necessary. He'll be a hard bleep if he has to in order to get his message across and motivate this team. Uh, Gary Sanchez, one of the players he did that too, if you remember, he went, went, went about it a little bit. So what do we do here? I mean, I think Girardi's what they need, yet he's in Philadelphia. Well, here's here's how I'll answer that question with, with a few follow-up questions to you. In 2017, this team went down, what, two games to nothing to the Indians, and it was on the on the shoulders of Joe Girardi not challenging a call that his catcher told him to challenge. I remember. And you, and you sat there and you said, I don't care what it takes. When your catcher's sitting there telling you to challenge the call, you don't have to go to the video booth. It's a playoff game. You do it. And he didn't. And you said, you know what? What the Yankees do over the course of these next few games – will show if they have their managers back. And what did this team do? They came back, they won three games straight, and they made it to the ALCS. And not only that, they made it to game seven against a team who was supposedly cheating their way through it, still put up a fight. And to me, it wouldn't have mattered if they won or not. Joe Girardi was gone. So let me ask you, are the people still involved in this organization? Are they still in upper management who fired Joe Girardi? Yeah. Okay. And do you think that they fired him for a reason? Do you think that 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 reason didn't what that reason wasn't because they lost game seven of the ALCS? Do you think it was bigger than that? I think it ultimately became bigger than that. Yeah, I think it became a personality conflict. I absolutely do. I also think they just wanted to change as well. Yeah. Well, so do you think we can conclude then that what the Yankees need from what we can see sitting on the sidelines, what the Yankees need? Do you think maybe upper management has a different idea? that just truly isn't working at this point. I think that there's too many yes men underneath Cashman at this point where he has gone all, he's gone all in on analytics and that's it. And if you don't fall in line, then you don't work there. And, and I think he's put people in place that obviously are like-minded, have the same thought process. So there's no point counterpoint. There's just, this is the point that my point, and we're going to follow that. You know what I mean? There's a fork. I call it, I call it the Yankee philosophy, and that philosophy is is alive and running, and it's not working. So you're saying it's Cashman? Hmm, that's very interesting. <laughs> and look, I love Cash. Don't get me wrong; I've loved him, I've supported him, I've defended him. But to to say Aaron Boone's a puppet is one thing, because I feel like Aaron Boone was hired for a reason, and that reason was to be a good baseball guy. I think he has a lot of knowledge of the game, but it's also the fact that he fell in line with the philosophy. And he believes in it. And a guy who believes in it is a guy who's going to not say no to Cashman when he has a certain philosophy in place for each game. Everything's scheduled out. And Boone is that guy. And right now, as long as that philosophy is still in place, as long as the guys who fired Joe Girardi for a certain reason are still in place, doesn't matter who they hire, it's going to be a guy who has that same philosophy. You can't go so pe- at this point, 
it goes beyond the manager to me. You can't go past $210 million. Uh, that's a directive from Hal Steinbrenner, the owner. They have a lot of issues. They need lefty bats. First of all, pitching, we don't know what's going to happen. Luis Severino, who was in a second rehab start, now has a groin issue. There's another injury, which will push him back. That reinforcement's not coming. What do you do with the trade deadline to fix this team? You can't trade Chapman. Anybody that you could trade on the major league roster hurts the team. Uh, there's certain pieces in place long term. You got the minor league system otherwise, and, and and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, what do you do? Um, there's no way to really make this team good enough to win the World Series as it stands right now. Almost you need internally this team to get a fire lit under them and actually start to perform the way they should when you look at what's on paper. Yeah, you're not going to sell for two reasons. One being uh, the egos in place. I mean, you, you, you got a guy in Cashman who, you know, isn't going to turn his back on saying that this is supposed to be a championship team. But the second reason is that, you know, you have to still sell something to the to the people filling the seats here. And you, you already sold us on a rebuild. And you know what? We were spoiled enough to have a, a year turn, a, a rebuild year turn into a game seven ALCS run. Um, we're past that now. So you can't sell that anymore to, to the people filling the seats. You got to go out. You got to do what you got to do. I just, I, it's crazy to me that we're even talking about this, but this team's got to worry about wait, making the postseason. And that's, that's seeming to be each and every day a more difficult feat. And to me, there's only one, there's only one answer out there, and it's Max Scherzer. And I don't care what you have to do. I don't care what prospects they want because prospects are useless to me at this point. If you're not going to sell off, which you're, you're definitely not going to, you need to get a guy in here that's going to be a number two, a number one A to Garrett Cole, um, if not outperform him. And that's Max Scherzer, and you got to hope and pray and keep your eyes, fingers crossed and eyes closed that this team finds a way to make it to the postseason. And I think with Cole and Scherzer filling out the top of your rotation, you have a much better chance than you do now. Yeah, no, I can't argue with this. Chris Stacy with NYY Sports Talk on New York Yankees Therapy Session here on ESPN Radio. So, Chris, I wanted to bring up two points uh, that you just brought up a couple minutes ago. Talking about the Yankees making postseason, Rain and I were talking earlier, and it looks more and more every day that the Rays and Jays will probably get the two playoff spots in the AL East more so than the Yankees or the Red Sox. I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, look, I still have to say this, and and it seems like I'm beating a dead horse here, but it's a long season. And I'll, and I'll just revert back to the Nationals a couple of years ago when they won the World Series and they were under 500 going into the All-Star break. It's true, yep. They put their, they put their foot on the gas and, and that was it, and there was no looking back. There's just one difference. There's just no upside to this team right now. There's nothing to hang our hats on. There's nothing to be optimistic about. Everything is the same in and out. Every single day, something, look, this team could start looking good. Offense could start looking good. And what do, what do we wait for? We wait for the pitching to fail, and that's exactly what's happening now. Guys start getting healthy again. What do we wait for? We wait for a rehab start to, to end in a torn you know, groin or whatever he's going through now in Severino. It's the same thing over and over again. Something's happening. Something is going on, and I can't explain it, but the only thing I can relate it to is the Twilight Zone at this point. It's the same thing over and over, and it's just be, it's beyond frustrating at this point. When you can't pinpoint it, when you can't explain what's happening, it's more of a problem than you even think. Yeah, it, it, and that's the thing. You can't figure out exactly what it is because it seems like 
There's a couple of weeks where it's the offense, a couple of weeks where it's the, it's the defense. It's been a bizarre season. That is absolutely true. And then how frustrating is it as a Yankees fan to keep hearing about the luxury tax? This has never been an issue with the Yankees in the past. Why is it now? Hail Steinbrenner. Yeah, yeah. look, I can't sit here and say that I, that I defend it. I mean, when I was hearing luxury tax this, luxury tax that going into the season, I, I thought, what are you kidding me? I mean, we've been in a drought now for how many years? 12 seasons? that we haven't had anything, it better be all hands on deck. But at the same time, I got to sit back and I got to say, well, the Rays pay their guys the amount we pay to, who is it, Chapman and Cole, if you combine them, uh, or, or Stanton and, and Cole, something like that. Yeah. It's more than the Rays pay their entire team. So don't sit here and tell me that $210 million isn't enough to build a championship team because I'm looking at a team with a fraction of that that's making another bid for a pennant. So, uh, so I can't sit here and blame Hal. I'm sorry. I got to blame the guy who's constructing these teams, and that's Brian Cashman. Yeah, the well, the 210 million in a lot of ways, large percentages of it are invested in perhaps the wrong players. And I suppose we can leave the conversation there for now. This has been a New York Yankees therapy session with Chris Stacy. He'll join us again. Chris, do you feel better? You feel a little better. I feel a little better, but I truly will not be happy until this team gets their heads out of their butts and figures this thing out. Well, we're going to be frustrated together for a while, Chris. I appreciate you, man. We'll reach out again very soon. Have a great rest of your day, okay? Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's Chris Stacey. Soundcheck is coming up next. Tim Roy, voice of the Golden State Warriors, also on the way to talk NBA playoffs. ESPN Radio and the SportsZilla Show. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. If you're a regular consumer of the SportsZilla Show, our good buddy Joe Coletta uh, had a sniff with the Cleveland Browns at one point, went to Coastal Carolina, 6'9", 320-pound offensive lineman. He was at the celebrity boxing match. You know, Lamar Odom fought Aaron Carter, and uh, Ice-T was there. Uh, we shared, I think it was in the timeline at ESPN SportsZilla on Twitter. Uh, if you're on Twitter, follow us there. But he had posted a video. Joe was with Ice-T, and they're talking a little bit. And then Ice-T called him a a big um, Mother Fletcher. Oh, we'll leave it at that. Very funny. I oh, la- but it was hilarious, though. Laughed out loud, watched it ten times. That's there for your entertainment. Um, but we got to talk a little bit more about this celebrity boxing. Hey, you know what? Khan had, had referenced that, too, speaking of the crossovers. Well, the one that caught my attention was Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter. And it was just... Lamar, nobody thought that Aaron Carter, it was Aaron Carter. I mean, nobody thought he was going to beat you at all. There was there was no way. I was a little surprised with like the Nate Robinson result when he got knocked out. But now, after the fact, not as much. True, true. But I would have been shocked if Aaron Carter beat Lamar Odom. Yeah, I think you get the point. It, it didn't end well for Aaron Carter. <laughs> Man, Lamar Odom. He's like a cat with nine lives. Yes, he is. Uh, it's kind of amazing. He's still just out there doing his thing. This is called Sound Check. We play some sound. We have some conversations. I'd like to do that about the NFL before I get to some basketball-related stuff. I want to start with Dan Graziano. Uh, the Browns, and I've said this to you numerous times, I think they're going to be good this year. 
I really do. And you're worried about OBJ, but I still think they showed you enough next year. Could they be a Super Bowl contender? Is it possible? What do you think? I'll play Dan Graziano and then you tell me. I think the Cleveland Browns have the right to expect to be a a playoff team and a a contender for the Super Bowl. I mean, they were right there with the Chiefs in that playoff game last year, two games away from the Super Bowl. They went into this offseason with rare continuity uh, for the Cleveland Browns, right? Same coach, same GM. That's hard to say in in the the recent history of the Cleveland Browns that they've had the same coach and GM two years in a row. So, (laughs) And they're very happy with the work those two have done. They went in thinking our offense really was good by the end of the year. It's going to get Odell Beckham back. We need to focus on the defense defense, make the defense better, and they did a lot to try and make the defense better in free agency and in the draft. So Cleveland has every reason to have the highest hopes. If they believe in their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, as they say they do, and if he rewards that belief with a big season, I think they're right there on paper with the top teams in the AFC and the NFL. You thought he was a bust, then last year happened, and I saw enough out of Baker Mayfield last year to believe in him moving forward. I think he made a lot of progress I also think, and I've said this before, they're getting kitchens out of there. I think he was the problem. I really do. I think he was a big part of the problem. Freddie Kittens was a problem. Freddie Kittens was a problem. What do you think? Respond to the setup. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I feel like they need to rely on so much more to this season to go past the first and second round of the playoffs. And I'm not sure if you're going to get that Baker Mayfield with OBJ back in the fold. It felt like before OBJ got hurt, Baker Mayfield was okay at quarterback. After OBJ went down, he was a lot better at quarterback, I think because he wasn't getting a ego in his ear. Do you think there's too much pressure or he feels pressure to facilitate? Throw the, OBJ the ball? In some senses for OBJ and always make him the first option as opposed to sometimes just Whoever's make, open. make the right football play. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not in the huddle, so I can't exactly say, but I... I wouldn't be surprised if that was the thing. I couldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if OBJ comes back to a huddle and goes, "Man, I was wide open." You know, their their offensive line has gotten a lot better. Well, it got a lot better. Yes. You, if that continues and they keep getting better, you have two great running backs. Just you worry, what is the dynamic? How does the dynamic change with an active player in OBJ? That could be the X factor. I think it is the X factor. I think that goes without saying. Defensively, I think that there's enough there to work with. I think they're a good team, and I'm I'm curious. I think the Browns are legit. I, I don't know that they're Kansas City Chiefs in, in, uh, the, in the realm of the Chiefs or anything like that. But, I don't know if they surpass the, the Chiefs or the Bills. Or the Bills, for that matter. But they're at least going to be, I think, one of the last teams standing when we get into the playoffs. I mean, that's my humble opinion. You can agree or disagree, and I'd like it if you disagree. We can have that conversation. Many places, Cute Sports Talk on Twitch.tv is one of them. Going to continue with Dan Graziano real quick, if I could. Uh, Rodgers, Packers, the relationship, really complicated. You don't say. Is it really? Masters of the app. This is like a soap, a daytime soap opera. We know he wants to be gone, but he also hasn't demanded a trade. So, again, complicated may be the right word here. I mean, I think he might have hit the nail on the head. And in terms of the money, I know the Packers have talked to him about a new contract. They've offered a new contract. I guess their hope is that it can be solved that way. He signed his contract three years ago with two years left on the previous deal. And this year he's making $14.7 million plus a $6.8 million roster bonus, which does not hold up to the top quarterbacks in the league. So to think that that has nothing to do with this, I'm a little skeptical. But so far, the Packers' efforts to fix it through contract 
have not worked. At this point, they have no inclination to trade him. I think they're trying to get Jordan Love ready and, and see if they can't, what, their, what their other options are going to be between now and then, and still hoping that Aaron Rodgers decides to, at some point, come back to work. If he doesn't, the Packers are going to be in a situation similar to where the Colts were a couple of years ago when Andrew Luck retired, except they have a few more months to prepare for it. Do you think that this isn't going to happen? Because here's why. You hear a few people, journalists, whatever, that have sources saying he's not going back there. But now there's been a number of weeks since this soap opera drama in Green Bay started. It's It's been a while now. And the more these journalists do their due diligence and investigate, which is their job, more people talk to more sources and more conversations are had. It seems to be more and more are coming out and saying he's not going back. It was a few people at first, and and now there's... It's a common narrative. It's a very common narrative, and you're hearing it more and more, and it's not from fringe members of the media, but there's more prominent names saying this over time as they contact their sources and they try to figure this out, and people have their conversations. I, I don't know if he's going back. He very well might, but it just feels like it's closer and closer to... There's gonna, they're going to find a way to get him out of there because he's not going back to Green Bay. But I feel like now's the time to trade him. What are they waiting for if it's going to happen? It should have happened post-June 1st, yeah. two weeks ago. That seemed to be the cutoff for the dead cap money. and yeah. So so what's the holdup? If they really wanted him gone, I feel like he would have been gone by now. Sound check on the Sports Illustrated Show with ESPN Radio. Let me play one last piece of audio today, and then it's going to start our NBA conversation and then we're going to continue that with an expert on it tim roy the voice of the golden state warriors uh will join us in just a few minutes to expand upon this a little bit further uh but i was i stopped and and i really listened when monty williams after the suns swept the nuggets was talking about cp3 uh first of all got you in your feels yeah chris paul 25.5 points per game 61.8 percent shooting 58 percent from three 100 percent 100 percent from the line 41 assists to five turnovers. He's over the age of 36 at 37 points. Who's done that before? Well, Chris Paul, Carl Malone in 2000, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1983. He said a couple years ago, it was writing me off. And you know what? They were. I think I was too. He had a knee issue a few years ago, and I thought, is this the beginning of the end? He's a smaller point guard. He's great. He's just, he's just, purely in the conversation of one of the best point guards to ever play in the NBA. I'm not saying he's the best, but he's up there. He made the Thunder better when he left Houston. Everywhere he goes. He's now made Phoenix a lot better. They're not going to the Western Conference Finals without him. Chris Paul is a fantastic basketball player. Monty Williams remarks after the game, after the sweep. It's one of those uh, moments for me that, quite frankly, I never thought I'd have a chance to experience. Um and so for me, I just have a level of gratitude that I can't even explain. Um, that's the deal. And then with Chris and I, it was, you know, for me to coach him my first year. And, uh, and then he went on to a different team for us to be together again and be in that moment and know that we can accomplish more. It was pretty cool. Um, at the same time, I wanted to take a second to just, you know, feel that for a minute, for a second with him and Book. Um, 
you know, Chris has meant so much to my career. He's meant so much to my life. I've shared it with a few people, but at the darkest moment of my life, Chris was right there. And, um, you know, one of the highlights of my career, he's right there. And so I'm just grateful to God for him and all of our guys. And uh, that's, that's where it is right now. I'm not really good at waxing eloquent about how I feel other than just telling you I just feel grateful for uh, this opportunity and to be in this on this team in this moment and uh, have a chance to move forward. And you talk about Monty Williams being a class act. Um, Isaiah Thomas, who played on the Celtics, Cavs, and just as recently the Pelicans, I believe, um, he talked about Coach Monty Williams and how Coach Monty Williams texted him just about every day for a year straight after his sister passed and just how he doesn't really know Coach Monty Williams that well and vice versa, but he was there for him. And it just shows the class act that Monty Williams is. And the same thing, if you don't know the history of Monty Williams, his wife passed away, and that's what he was referencing with Chris Paul being for them. During his dark time. We forget about the human element in our sports narratives, don't we? This is ESPN Radio. We're going to come right back, continue to talk about the NBA playoffs once again with Tim Roy. That's next. Sticks, man. Let's get cracking, man, to the middle of the ring. Let's go. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Here's Rain and Matt. We were just having a little bit of a conversation about Monty Williams, Chris Paul, the sweep of the Denver Nuggets by the Suns, who move on to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, so we'll start there. There was also the ejection of the MVP, Nikola Jokic. Uh, so that's the first thing that we'll have Tim Roy, the voice of the Golden State Warriors, our NBA expert who joins us here on the Sports Illus Show. Uh, let's get your opening thoughts on that whole series. Uh, man, eight days of rest, by the way, for Chris Paul. It's not going to hurt. No, it's not going to hurt. There is always a little danger of some rust there. You know, when you do that, the Warriors had a couple of series like that uh, during their run. And so you worry a little bit about that. Especially if the other team comes in, you know, playing well to win their series and has some momentum going. But the the Suns are good enough to over, overcome that. And um, you know, I just think, I think unfortunately for Denver, I think their season, their chance at getting to an NBA Finals happened in a game against the, uh, you know, evaporated in a game against the Warriors when Jamal Murray went down. And, um, you know, it's one of those weird plays where nobody touched him and he just, you know, his knee just went. And, and that without Jamal Murray, they just don't have enough, you know, the firepower. And, and you saw last night, they have a couple of players that do, you know, really don't want to uh, get in situations where they're going to be isolated on defense. And, and that, it's hard to play good team defense when you don't have players that, that will, you know, buy in and, and really, you know, get to it. And so I think that was the really tough for Michael Malone to try to pull off, but a uh, little frustration for Jokic. Uh, he's not that kind of a guy, but uh, you know, it, by the letter of the law, it was a correct call. I mean, he wound up, if he didn't wind up, if he just went over and fouled him hard, fine, but he wound up and took a swing at him and, and, uh, you know, he did make contact with the face. So that that's kind of all of the criteria for a flagrant two. And that's what they gave him. What do you think of DeAndre Ayton? I think he is a, uh, a, a good big man in the sense where he understands who he is. You know, you don't see him backing up to the corner and trying to take threes. And, you know, he knows who he is. And 
Uh, I think having a very good point guard around him is crucial because it sets him up for easy buckets to the rim. He, he's kind of very, it's very similar to what the Warriors did with guys like Bogut and JaVale McGee. High screen roll, dive to the rim, uh, you know, get the ball uh, up in the air for them to make easy conversions. He's also a very good example of an old NBA adage, and, and it takes big guys a few years longer. The player you see today in year three is not the guy you saw as a rookie, right? He understands now, you know, the angles. He understands how teams are going to try to defend him. And and so I, I think he's he's really making some nice progression. Did Giannis and the Bucks just need to play at home to get things going in this series against the Nets? Yeah, and they, they unleashed the, uh, you know, the incredible Hulk, P.J. Tucker. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's... He's, he's kind of uh, set a tone for them physicality-wise. You know, I don't agree with everything he does, but, but he's a valuable player. You know, he's one of those guys that you would love to have on the team you root for because he just gets after it. And his journey, which included multiple stints overseas, uh, and he was almost ready to you know, go back overseas when they finally gave him a call and said, no, you can, you can try out for an NBA team. And, and um he uh, he he gets it, and he doesn't take you know things for granted, and so um, so that's what you get with him. And yeah, I think the Bucks just needed a little bit of a reset. Now, also too, you know, injuries are playing a role in this. You yep. know, the the Nets are gone without Harden. Irving has to leave the the house on crutches. You know, he's a player that's always on the cusp of an injury. Kyrie Irving, that's what his history has shown. And so uh, so yeah, I think. I, I think it's going to be an interesting series now, especially, you know, with the health. Health is always, a, you know, a big factor in, in every season, and it's rearing its, uh, unfortunately, its gruesome head for any net players and fans right now. Tim raised the voice of Golden State Warriors here with us on ESPN Radio and the Sportilla Show. You really just set up my next question. Tim Legler says the Nets can't beat the Bucks without Harden and Kyrie. This is all on KD now, it feels like. Uh, and then Mike Greenberg came out and said that he feels under these circumstances, he thinks the Nets are done. What do you think? I think if they're without both Irving and Harden, I think it's going to be very tough for them to beat Milwaukee. I think if they have any combination of the two of the three, I think they have a real chance. And, uh, you know, I, there's there's a little parallel line, if you will, if you look at the Warriors 2019 uh, playoff run, you know, when they didn't have Durant, but they still had Steph and Clay and Draymond, and they were still, you know, a chance to be a championship team. But then, you know, in the finals, Clay was banged up, didn't play in game four against Toronto, got hurt in game six, uh, you know, but he, you know, but they still had a puncher's chance in that game. And that's what, that's what the Nets have. But I think they have to have two of the three. I don't think, you know, if it's just KD, I think it's going to be really tough for, for the Nets to win that series. Have the ha- uh, Hawks met their match against the 76ers? I felt like they were incredibly lucky to hold on to their huge halftime lead in the first game, and now they've lost two straight. Yeah, I I think I think the Sixers are the better team. Now, Danny Green got banged up, too, the yep. other day. So, um, so again, and, and, you know, Embiid, like Kyrie Irving, is always 
you're always worried about, you know, what's next for him. And, you know, is he going to tweak something? And so, um, but I, I do think the Sixers are a better team. I think the Hawks have had a great year. And, I, and, you know, let's face it, any team that's still playing right now has had a great year. We always, you know, look at it, you know, as the, the winner and then everybody else down below. But, you know, to, to get this far in the playoffs is a, is a big deal. And I think the Hawks are, you know, with the, the some of the younger players on that team, I think they're, they're ready for a multiple year run and to be a threat to win a title, you know, in a year or so. But I do think Philadelphia's better. So you've got the Jazz who got by the Mavs and now they're facing the Clippers, or excuse me, the Clippers got by the Mavs down 2 0, then 3 1. Now they're playing the Jazz. And, and I wonder when, when you're facing them with Spider Mitchell and now three time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Um, is you put that together, that team, it's a well-coached team. It's a deep team. They do everything well. Do they get past the Clippers in this? I mean, the Clippers just, they don't feel right to me. You don't know what team you're going to get. You don't know if Paul George is going to be there night in and night out. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. And in spite of Mitchell as a result of all this, is he proving Shaq and Stephen A. Smith, another doubter, uh, and everybody else wrong. Is he elite now? Paul George? Uh, Spider Mitchell. Spider Mitchell, excuse me. Oh, well, I, you know, I'm not as high on him as everybody else is, you know, because he, he, I look at him and he, it, it, he always seems to get, you know, uh, 25 points on 20 shots, you know what I mean? Or 22 shots. And um, now granted, they need him to score to win. So some of that he has to, do that. I, I think he's really, really good. I wouldn't say he's elite just yet. You know, let's let's see if he, he leads them past the Clippers in this series. And I think your feel on the Clippers is 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 spot on. I, I never get a sense that they're a cohesive machine. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it looks like that their best plays in the postseason have been get an ISO for for Ka, uh, Kawhi and get an ISO for Paul George. And and that's good with those two. But if one of them's having an off night and or is being defended well enough to be in trouble, then then that that's gonna you know have uh, it's a lot to ask of one guy to to do that all game long. It's a lot of energy that you're gonna give up on the offensive end for that. So, but um, I, I still I, I think tonight's gonna be a, a, a really interesting game. I'm really looking forward to this one because this will tell us a lot whether or not. You know, if if Utah wins, I can see it going in five. But if the Clippers win, now I think you know you now you got a chance for a seven game series, and I think that's what would happen if they win tonight. Stephen A. Smith had a really odd take uh, recently about really Donovan Mitchell. Stephen yeah, a. Smith, an odd take. I, I know. Really? <laughs> Trust me, uh, you won't like this wow. one either. Uh, he said that Donovan Mitchell is the best Jazz player to ever suit up. For the organization, moving aside Stockton and Carl Malone. Well, that again just shows you that Stephen A. Smith's job is not to inform, but it is to entertain and to provoke. Um, he's on a show that is all predicated about arguments, and anybody that would say that that Mitchell at this point is better than John Stockton or Carl Malone is crazy. Uh, he's not nearly as efficient as those two guys were, and those two guys played in the NBA Finals. You know. Donovan Mitchell hasn't done anything yet. So let's, let's wait, pump the brakes on that for a few years, and, and uh, you know, let's, let's see, uh, see what 
Mitchell's able to do. He's a, a great talent and a great player, but he's not near those guys, not yet. I mean, John Stockton, you can make the argument, is the best point guard of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Magic Johnson's there in that conversation, obviously, and there are many, many others, and I don't want to get into that debate, but Stockton's in that conversation. So, uh, Do you feel like after he said that, he had to text Stockton to Malone and go, Sorry, guys, this is just for TV. And they probably didn't care. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty sure neither Carl Malone or John Stockton have Stephen A's number in their phones. I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> yeah. Tim, thank you so much for the time. We're going to reach out to you again very soon. Um, after we get into the conference finals, we got to figure out and get a prediction for you eventually about who wins it all. But we'll wait till the next time we talk. Thanks so much, man. Have a great rest of your day, okay? All right. See you guys. Yep. Tim Roy, voice of the Golden State Warriors, SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio. We're going to come back with the last thing we'll say today. The SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me okay? Hello. I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, so we've made some amazing adjustments. Okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash QSportsDog. Well, as uh, many of you are aware, the SportsZilla Open weather pending or pending the weather will happen tomorrow. Brent Axe, who's on the block at the top of the hour, has weaseled his way into the force and with Mario Sacco, Nico Tamurian, and Mark Larson, who, by the way, Mark Larson texted me earlier and he said, for the record, I suggested we push this back a week. Mario uh, has some childcare troubles that he has to deal with. Uh, and he's lucky because Mark went out and parred for the first five holes at Cas Country Club today. Oh, and by the way, he wants zero strokes from Axe because he's not afraid with the uh, flexing emojis. So shots have been fired by Mark Larson. Uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier also that Dave Petromala is verbally committed to be the new SU men's lacrosse defensive coordinator. And I'm sure since we've spoken on that, Axe will do the same. Looks like he's got a lot to answer to. All next on ESPN Radio. See you tomorrow at 2.